0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 75. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope that you're all well. And if you're in England, that you've been enjoying this little heat wave that we've had. I've not spoken to you since I got back from Krakow. And I was very impressed with myself because, with the help of a fair amount of EFT tapping, I managed to fly the and back on a plane without crying my eyes out, for the first time in over 10 years, I would say. So if you've ever been on holiday with me, then you will know that that is excellent progress. So if you are afraid of flying or you have some kind of phobia, then I would highly recommend trying EFT tapping because I was gobsmacked at the fact that I managed to do that. So anyway, this week, I'm going to be talking about taking good care of ourselves and treating ourselves like someone that we love. Oh, my phone's going off. It's half six in the morning. I'm still in bed, but here I am. I'm recording. So for the past couple of weeks, I have been running at about 50%, if that, capacity. (laughs) And I've realised that that is because I was Fully neglecting myself in the way that I was doing too much of the things that drain me, and not enough of the things that charge me back up. It turns out I am just a complex battery, and we all go through these times where we don't take good care of ourselves for one reason or another. So it's important to have these regular kind of check ins with ourselves, and that's what I've done over the past days. And I've corrected what was going wrong, and I already feel loads better both physically and mentally. So I wanted to talk to you about it today because you might be feeling how I was over the last couple of weeks. And it seems that like what I could get away with in my mid-20s with fairly little consequence, <laughs> I could no longer get away with in my mid-30s. For example, drinking too much at the pub and staying up until the early hours of the morning, not getting enough sleep, existing on coffee and twirl bars on the brink of scurvy, not meditating, not getting in the cold water, not journaling, and as a result of all of that, I was not looking or feeling like my best self, my skin was like dead spotty, Uh, my eyes were really red and inflamed and sore, I had big grey circles around, eyes like I'd not slept for weeks. My nails were breaking. I had like this constant dull headache and just felt like very tense. I was feeling really tired, exhausted actually, uh, a bit dazed and confused and I basically felt like I was ageing rapidly and not like a fine wine, more like a yoghurt. So I got out my journal at last and I wrote down all of these things, how I was feeling and what was the cause of it, what was I doing that was creating that feeling uh, so that I could have a word with myself basically and start fixing it. So I have got this feeling (laughs) in my head that I'm not a grown-up yet, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, does anybody else have that feeling, where you feel like you are not the responsible adult in the house, like, you you are still a child, and I feel sometimes like I've just been let loose at life, <laughs> and I really don't know what I'm doing, and that there should be somebody here looking after me, <laughs> an adult, a responsible adult, whose job it would be to take care of me, but as I am 34, It turns out I am the responsible adult and I have to start treating myself and living in general like I am that responsible adult and that I am the person responsible for taking good care of myself because there will be consequences if I don't. Many of them, I'm sure. Oh, my phone keeps going off. Hang on. Oh, it's Tinder. I'm not interested. Go away. So... The reason that I am recording this topic today is that, like, just in about three days, I feel like a new person again. And after making some just very small changes, I thought I would share them with you because I want you to do this with yourself and make sure that you are running at 100% capacity and not maybe 40 like I was. So if you are trying to bring in any kind of manifestation It's going to be very difficult if you're not feeling your best self because like attracts like. So it's not just about physical wellness or even mental wellness. It's about everything, about making sure that you are in your highest state so that you can bring towards you all those um, experiences that you want, those positive experiences. So I'm going to start by talking about sleep Now, not everybody needs the same amount of sleep, and I know that there's a lot of people who endorse having minimal sleep as some kind of, like, productivity hack, which is fine if that suits you, but I feel like that's bullshit, personally. And finding the correct number of hours that you personally need to feel fully rested is very important so they say eight hours a night don't they but it might be that for you that's six hours or maybe somebody else might need 10 hours so we're not all the same and it's important to find out what you need to not just survive but thrive like you hear a lot of people say no I can survive on four hours sleep well ask yourself if you are one of those people do you want to just survive Or are you hoping to thrive? I'm hoping it's the second one. And we are meant to be able to survive off very little sleep because naturally there'll be times in life where your sleep is disrupted, like when you have a screeching child, for example. But that isn't the norm and it shouldn't become the norm because sleep is so important for our mind and our body. It allows us to make sense of all of our thoughts that we're having and process things that are in our mind that's happened throughout the day. And also when we're asleep, that's a time where our body is shutting down so that it can rest and allow for recovery. It allows our immune system to heal anything that's going on in the body. And that is why we feel so shitty when we don't have enough sleep because our body hasn't had that chance to rest and recover. It's not just about rest if you are not feeling very well or you've got something going on, you will have the most healing happen while you're asleep because it's not, all your energy isn't being utilised elsewhere. So the next thing to consider is what we're feeding our bodies. Now I don't know if you've noticed guys, (laughs) but I'm not exactly a nutritionist. I can and I'm saying this with pride, and I shouldn't stay alive for extended periods of time purely on coffee and products made by Cadbury and Nestle. I shouldn't be showing off about that, but I have done it for many years, and I'm feeling the effects of this lack of nutrition that I've given to myself. I am also a vegetarian, and I don't really know much about cooking, so what I end up doing is eating the same foods on a loop and they're just generally like easy things to make not like I live on takeaways I don't but I'll make things on toast anything on toast is a big hit in my house just things on toast it might be avocado on toast it might be beans on toast could be egg on toast but I very rarely cook meals for myself And my dad, who likes to think he is a nutritionist, believe me, has been begging me, begging me to take some magnesium for years. He is like a drugs rep for it. I'm not joking you. He can make it fit any occasion. According to my dad, there is no symptom of any illness that cannot be treated merely by taking a magnesium tablet and vitamins in general. So... Feeling like a dried up husk of a woman this last weekend, I agreed reluctantly to start taking some like basic vitamins and the ones that I've been having are, of course, the illustrious magnesium, uh, B12, a multivitamin and a not very vegetarian of me, cod liver oil tablet that's just marginally smaller than a four-person rubber dinghy. And I've also been having this green juice powder I can't remember what it's called now, but some some shit I've bought on TikTok that's supposed to be good for you. And it tastes like swamp water. And I, I think anything that tastes like swamp water must be good for you, mustn't it? If it tastes like shit, it's probably really good for you. And I don't know if it's the placebo effect, but either way, I genuinely do feel significantly better after just a few days of having something in my system other than pure sugar and caffeine. And I also even started cooking for myself a bit if you live on your own like I do, it's you probably understand this. it's very rare that I do any cooking because there's only me and because I consume probably about two thousand calories a day in pure chocolate. I don't actually have <laughs> as you can understand much appetite after that for food so this week I've made an effort to make food for myself, particularly food with lots of vegetables in that I enjoy, because I actually do love veg, but I just can really be asked making meals for myself. It's not like I'm avoiding vegetables, it's just I can't be arse-cooking. So I've done that this week, and that like act of self care in itself has has made me feel a lot better that I'm actually putting in some effort to chop up some veg and cook them for myself instead of just thinking, oh, like you don't need to cook for yourself; you can just have something on toast. And something else I've done is drink a lot more water. I drink a lot of water anyway, but for the past fortnight, I've been drinking mostly coffee, wine, beer. Um, and I've felt very dehydrated so putting that back into myself, all of that water that I would normally drink has helped a lot. Um, So it seems a bit of nutrition and I really mean a bit as in like eat some vegetables and drink some water goes a long way in making you feel a lot better and a lot more well. And I have had, I must admit, some fantastic sleep over the past few days, which my dad did promise me. He said, if you have magnesium, you will have the best night's sleep ever. And I'll usually wake up in the night a couple of times or I'll just wake up in the morning feeling a bit like tense and not rested. And I feel very good. Exhibit A, it's 6.30 in the morning and I am recording a podcast and I haven't even had a coffee. Why have coffee when you can have swamp water? eh? So I've talked about sleep and about nutrition and hydration and the next thing that I want to talk about is looking after your mental health. And for me, this summer has been a bit of a weird one because last year I literally had the best summer of my life. It felt really long, it felt really sunny, and it felt very much full. I spent a lot of time outside in the sunshine doing things that I absolutely love, like going for cold dips and things like that. And this year, mostly because we've not seen much of the sun until this last week, I have noticed a massive difference in my vibrational energy. It's been much lower compared to last summer. So I need to make sure that I have certain things in place to keep me in that good mental space. And for me, those things are being outside walking and dipping and they're also meditation and journaling, the things that I go on about all the time, basically. And when I don't do those things, like I haven't really done much over the past few weeks, I see the negative results play out very quickly. And for me, that looks like, like, when I say poor mental health, I don't mean like, you know, I'm crying in a ball. Think for me, that's like isolating myself, disconnecting from people who want the best from me, having really crippling things like procrastination and symptoms of ADHD sorts of things, not being able to manage like small tasks like tidying my house or just doing the fucking washing up being in my head overthinking things obsessing about things living in complete chaos and just general destructive behavior like going to the pub on a tuesday for example (laughs) um so by including things like meditation and journaling and exercise and whatever other activities you know make you feel good for me it would be like cold water dipping but for you it might be something different it that will reduce the stress that is on your mind and on your body. And so the last thing that I'm going to talk about today is stress because stress is hugely misunderstood. We think of stress as busyness, but you can be busy without being stressed and you can be stressed without being busy. Stress is our body's natural response to threat. That's all it is. And when we perceive a threat we produce high amounts of chemicals like cortisol, which is known as a stress um, drug or stress hormone, and other chemicals like adrenaline. And the reason that your body floods itself with these chemicals is because it's preparing to fight for its survival. So some signs that you might be actually living in a state of stress is that you are easily irritated, you might have very slow recovery from illness, you might have autoimmune diseases or issues like that, eczema, asthma, um, skin issues, things like that, feeling overwhelmed, anxious, having a lot of racing thoughts and feeling like you can't switch off, just not enjoying your life in general, having a low mood, disinterested in connections with other people and, And like you've lost a bit of your personality and your sense of humour, and I've talked about this before, when I take ADHD medications, which I really do, sorry, which I really do anymore, I don't take them much anymore because of this, I feel very strongly like I lose some of my personality and put like a bit of my sense of humour. And when I think about it, that is probably because it's such a strong stimulant drug that it's probably putting my body into that state of stress and I've never really considered that before. Um, I'm also going to use Gloria as an example here too. Gloria, my delightful rescue cat, as many of you know, is a little grumpy. And she lives in a state of stress all the time. As much as that upsets me, I know that that is true. And that is as a result of the way that she was treated by humans before I got her. So... Despite the fact that she is loved beyond measure, worshipped, has the best food, um, has supplements to help her with all of this and is just the queen of the castle, her body is always in this stress state. And as a result of that, she has dilated eyes, which is a big sign of being stressed. She over grooms. She has like crispy shit all around her eyes. She's always ready to attack me and she's allergic to everything. And all of those symptoms, also, she has like very easily matted fur. I have to constantly um demat her fur because she's just like a a scrubby old witch. And that is all as a result of a trauma that she's holding onto in a body from the way that humans have treated her in the past because she has no way to release that she can't meditate she can't journal a pause just don't allow it so that's a clear example of what your body can become if you live in that state of stress or if you hold on to some kind of past traumatic event that you've had and 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 you don't work through it your body will take over So the way that we all live now with the pressures of society and this need to constantly be doing something and achieving everything to the point where we can feel guilty for relaxing is a very toxic way to live. And the majority of people are living in a a state of stress permanently. So if you live in the Western world, the chances are is that you are living in a state of stress. And I have lived in that myself when I was a teacher. And I remember thinking how much I would just love, in fact, I wrote it in one of my old journals, how I'd love to be able to just relax my shoulders because I physically could not do that. And that's because I'd held on to that stress mentally until my body had to take over that burden so that I didn't feel stressed. So I didn't actually even recognise it in myself because it was being mopped up in the form of extreme muscle tension, having panic attacks and this twitch where I would like stretch my back constantly, even though I didn't actually need to stretch my back. So as humans, we're just not designed to live for an extended period of time in that state of stress. And that stress hormone is there as a tool it's supposed to be something good it keeps us alive when we're faced with a threat and if you were out and about collecting berries in the stone age and you bumped into a lion you would want all of your resources in your body to be used to escape from it by sending all the power to your muscles so that you could run fast and that's what happens when we are filled with stress hormone all of the rest of the stuff that's going on the healing and the work of your immune system and your digestive system and your uh, neurological system everything that's going on and is normally function your ability to think rationally all of that energy stops dead in its tracks and is redirected so that you can outrun a predator but where the threat used to be a lion now it's not a real threat, it's your boss or it's a traffic jam or it's a bit of an argument with your husband or somebody um, pissed you off. So when we are living in that stress state, we never give our body the resources it needs to actually function as it should, which is well. And it affects everything. It affects your digestion, your immune system, your thought process, which is why people so commonly suffer with things like IBS um, and constantly picking up colds and flu and all of that shit and not being able to think clearly. Um, I can say for 100% sure all of my symptoms that I was told were just ADHD significantly reduced when I come out of that job. They're still there definitely, but they reduced massively from coming out of that job. When I was in a relationship years ago and I felt... Uh, with a, a lad who's absolutely lovely, this is this was years ago, it's nothing to do with him, but because of the dynamic of our relationship, I always felt like I had to walk on eggshells, and as a result of that, I had really bad IBS, like I would be shitting my kex before the bill came in a restaurant, like literally <laughs> shitting my kex. so it just goes to show how when you live in that state of stress, your body will not function Correctly as it should. So we no longer respond to real stress like lions very often. There'll be occasions, maybe, maybe once in your life where you might be in a life or death situation and you need that stress hormone. But generally, we have these physical responses like racing heart and sweaty palms and tense muscles in response to emotional events. They're not they're not physical things that are going on the things like traffic jams or arguments so it's really important that we learn how to control and regulate not control so much as regulate your emotional responses to these situations that we come across all the time and we can do that through activities like journaling and meditation and lots more if that's not your cup of tea. So when a surgeon does an organ transplant, just before connecting the donated organ, they'll actually give the person who's receiving it stress hormones. And that's because it's such an effective way to turn off the immune system that the organ has a really good chance of taking because your body is distracted by this stress hormone. And so it doesn't have chance to reject this foreign object that's being put in, which works very well in the case of an organ donation. But imagine all of the stuff that is going on in your body that's never been healed because you never come out of that stress state long enough to allow your body to do its job. That scares the shit out of me and it makes me remember why I should always be making those practices that help me manage stress an absolute priority. So if you are someone that picks up every bug going and takes a long time to heal from small injuries, maybe that's why illness is just nothing more than a build-up of some kind. And that can often be an emotional build-up, things that you've not, not worked through emotionally. So make sure that you're doing what you can to reduce that stress by taking really good care of yourself like you would do someone you love. So something that I'd like you to do this week, if you would, or a couple of things, is think back to when you felt the worst in your life. And that could be physically, mentally, it could be whatever was going on. So for example, one for me was when I had horrific eczema all over my legs. And at the time, I can link that back to what was going on in my life at the time think about what physical manifestations of stress and illness you've had and see which period of time that that correlates to in your life. Was there something big going on then that put you in that stress state? And then when you've done that, think about how you're feeling now, have a bit of a check-in with your body because, like I say, we're so used to living in that state of stress because we look at other people who are also living like that and we think it's normal because of the society that we're living. Think about what doesn't feel right in your body, what's hurting, what's aching, what feels tired, what's not functioning well, what's not good qualities at your hair hurting your nails, things like that and think about why that might be, what self-care, and I don't mean like having a bubble bath and you know a glass of Prosecco, I mean real self-care like meditation, journaling, exercise, getting enough sunlight, eating well, which what do you need to adjust in your life to make sure that you are functioning at 100% capacity, because I can tell you now I feel 50% better than I did just a week ago from making very small changes and it's given me the motivation to keep going and keep making changes to improve the way that I'm feeling both physically and mentally and I hope that this episode will do the same for you so thank you very much for listening if you've got anything from this episode or you've enjoyed it I would be very grateful if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review to help me grow the pod and I will speak to you all very soon. Have a fantastic week. Bye.